Thank you, Abby. Good work. Um, beyond all the things we've shared with you so far today, I, I want to mention, um, uh, take a moment to mention our uh, other chaperones who uh, took part in camp this week. Um, for us, you know, the, the mornings start pretty early, like six, sometimes earlier, and the nights end at like midnight. Um, and so for our chaperones, they're, they're working all day long in some capacity, either running errands, teaching, counseling with students, or whatever else might be needed at the time. They, they usually work based on what I ask them to do with short notice and little instruction. That's usually what happens when you're serving with me. And, and with that being said, the work that they accomplish each year that we come together, uh, this whole production of what we do with camp for the week that we're gone, where we take on responsibility for uh, the spiritual well care and the health of your students uh, for those those days. It couldn't be accomplished, can't be accomplished without them. And so I just want to note um, Christine, Lisa, and Bradley this morning. If you guys can give them a hand for the work that they've done. Um, Well, you've already uh, heard and seen today um, and sound, the sound, excuse me, of uh, what we see, hear, and experience when we're at camp in uh, some form or fashion. And we have also been able to witness through these testimonies a little bit of what God's done in the lives of our students. You know, these videos are uh, 30 seconds or a minute long. If you were to sit down with each of these students and uh, talk to them, you would hear about uh, God's motion in wonderful and incredible ways. And each year we uh, return home, uh, as we have today, with excitement and passion and a new drive to serve God's kingdom. Uh, but, but something we learned this week beyond the music and the beach is that God doesn't mean for passion for his kingdom to last only for a week. And in fact, for those of us here today, God doesn't mean for what you hear today to impact you till you get out in the parking lot. Uh, but God's intention is for us to serve faithfully, intentionally, and shoulder in for the work of his kingdom, and not just briefly impassioned by some fleeting moment, but serving intentionally and faithfully as we do the work of his church and as his church, as the local church. Again, our passion and our passage tells us that the focus of our foundation in the church is the gospel. Matthew 16, 18 and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Matthew 16, 13, in that passage, Christ asked the disciples, Whom do men say that I am? And Peter said, You, Jesus, are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Christ would respond, You are Peter, and upon this rock, which the word there is Petra, a very great rock, referring to Christ himself, I'll build my church. And so our work here at Starnes Cove, or if you're a visitor today, the work of the church that you attend is built on the faith of people in Jesus Christ. And that faith is what guides us, drives us, and should direct us as a church practically and passionately. We should look to God's word as a guide for us in how we live, function, breathe, work, walk together as the church. He's intended for his gospel not just to be for that moment when you accept Christ as your Savior and Lord, but the gospel is for every Christian forever. It's our, our cornerstone upon which we build our faith and upon which we build the work of the church. Christ is the great rock upon which his church is built. 
It's in Peter's confession of faith in Matthew 16, 18, that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, that we see hope, that we see our commitment and the church's foundation, that Christ is who he says he is and who he says we are, and believing in him and are willing to put everything on the table to make disciples, that's the call of the church. That we don't get hung up and distracted and distorted by things that don't matter in eternity. But that we lay everything down for the gospel. And we lay everything down for the work that Christ seeks to do in and through the church. It's in those who have placed their faith for eternity in Christ and their daily atonement in Christ, as Peter did, upon who the church is built. And as I said, this week we focused on the life of the church and how it manifests God's glory through the work of Christ in each of its members. Christine's uh, children's moments reminds us that we are the church. It's not this building, not the walls. And we hear that a lot from the church itself. But do we believe it's the question? Do we understand that, as was echoed in our children's moments, that all the trappings of the church are good things and God's ordained some of those things to be a part of what we do? But ultimately, we are equipped to do the ministry of the kingdom ourselves. God has called us as individuals to go out and to do the ministry of his kingdom in the world. That is the calling of the church. Motivated and passioned and pushed forward by our belief in Jesus Christ, his death, resurrection, and his return. And in a secured eternity that we have because of our salvation, we don't waver because the ship is rocky. But we continue to push on because we know that at the end of all of this, we are assured to be with Christ if we know him as Savior. And so because we know that, we have a great hope that isn't changed by circumstance or ought not be, but encourages us to go forward to the work of his kingdom, not just in a week, but all the time, day in and day out. That's the call of the church. We learned this week about worship and how worship is what we offer to God. And how worship has nothing to do with music or music styles or any of those things. But has everything to do with our heart being willing to uplift the name of God over our preference. And to live our life in a way that brings his name glory. We learned this week about discipleship. It's what we do with our faith and how we grow together. It means the process by which we learn from and with each other to be more like Jesus. Christine mentioned that she was impacted by um, this idea of being discipled. And that's what the church is called to do. As you look at these students, uh, we see we're all in our shirts and we've combed our hair, most of us, and we have come today to present a message to you. But understand, we have, we have souls here and lives here who have, in their short amount of time, seen and faced some challenge and God has equipped you and me to come alongside them, to point them to how to live faithfully in the ways that God wants them to. Not just for the pastor and the institution, but for the people. God has called each of us to minister to our students, to each other, and to disciple one another further on to the cause of the kingdom. And so as you look at these faces, reach out to them today, certainly connect with them after church today, but don't let our responsibility to disciple them unto Christ, to teach them how to live like Jesus, end with today. Don't let it end with William and the youth leaders have it under control. But let's begin to take responsibility in new and fresh ways to disciple our students unto Christ. We learned about evangelism. 
It's the action behind our calling to share the faith we've been given with others. It's the Christian show and tell, if you will, which God means is the way to bring people to Jesus, not by inviting them to a building, but rather by sharing what Christ has done for us and what he intends to do for anyone who will believe. That is the call of the church, to evangelize. We learned about missions this week and how we're called to seek a vision to serve God's kingdom, through God's kingdom, knowing God has built us up to go and make the gospel known to the nations throughout the world, proclaiming his name to our neighbors and to uh, people all over the place. And finally, we talked about fellowship on Friday and how we are involved and ought to involve others in God's kingdom. And how fellowship isn't achieved by having a a potluck or talking about last night's game or this week's latest gossip, but rather fellowship is achieved when we get together and bond with each other in the spirit of Christ, when we encourage each other to move away from the sin in our life, when we encourage one another to be more intentionally and faithfully seeking Christ. For some of our students, this time of reflection upon the church is new. Some haven't been acquainted with the church for long or don't know much about it. God has used this week to encourage them as they take responsibility for their place in God's kingdom. For the majority of them and us here today, we've heard this stuff about the church. This message isn't new. We, we've heard these words, fellowship, discipleship, evangelism, we're familiar. And each time we hear it, we ought to be and can be encouraged, uplifted. We should repent of our sin and turn back to Jesus, or to commit ourselves fresh and anew to serve him faithfully in the ways he's called us to. And while this is true, while we should be encouraged, while we ought to be motivated, and while each Sunday morning we gather together to hear the word of God proclaimed, we should go forward with a new commitment to serve him. When it comes to the church writ large, but specifically students, the, the statistics about the church today can be alarming. When we talk about students specifically, we're told that currently 66% of students drop out of church when they graduate high school. We must help them see their role in the church at large, come alongside them and mentor them in the work and practices of the church. Understand that their responsibility to serve the kingdom of God is just as significant as mine is and that God's calling them to come alongside us in the work of the kingdom. Did you know that 89% of those who stopped going to church were in worship services like this one, but not in small groups, and their lack of involvement with Sunday school and other discipleship opportunities in many cases eventually led them to not be associated with the church at all. 75% say they didn't plan on taking a break, but because church wasn't a priority in their life, almost 70% of the students we're talking about didn't return upon graduating. And so if God's word is true, and we profess to believe it's true, then how can this be? It's because if we're not careful, the church can become, and in some ways has become, distracted. I don't necessarily mean this church exclusively, but the global church. <clears throat> We can give ourselves over to distractions. And instead of basing our function and operation off of scripture, we can often base them off of tradition and our own judgment. Instead of passionately worshiping Christ with our whole selves, 
Anytime we see his name exalted, we can come to a place where we can only do so when the worship is just the way we like it. Instead of sharing the gospel with the nations as we're called to do, we can allow our fear to cause us to count on the institutional church and its leaders to do the work for us. Instead of fellowshipping in the spirit and in truth, we shift our attention to conversations and encouragement that have less to do with God's word and what he's doing and more to do with our hobbies and pastimes. And if we're not careful, this can become this culture that our students are discipled in. They grow up not knowing any different, thinking that church is optional and that the church is what happens between 10.50 and 12 on Sunday. And while the stats are alarming, the solution is clear. God has one plan, plan A. There is not a plan B. And if we look in God's word, we will find his plan in this. Believe in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and obey him with your life. That's the plan. In the way he calls us to live, to speak, using wisdom informed by his word, and through the practices outlined in his word. Church, there is hope this morning that it goes beyond the statistics that we hear. And that hope is Jesus Christ. He can realign us with his plan and use us to revive his kingdom again. We can do this through him. We can defy the stats through him. We can overcome what appears to be a downturn of the church's influence in the world if we'll put everything on the table for the sake of the gospel. And obey God as his word commands. God loves us. And whatever concerns we might see now or we see coming, his plan hasn't changed. And it works today. Coming to him and saying, you God, I want to worship. I want to follow. I want to love. Yes, God, however old I am or young, new to the faith or seasoned, I'm ready to set all things aside at the feet of the gospel. Today, to encourage our students to say yes to God as well and to do our job to encourage them and disciple them in their walk with Christ. In a moment, I'm going to ask all of our students who have made decisions this week to come down to the altar to kneel and pray. And I'm asking you, church, those of you who are able and willing to come down and pray over them. We're going to have a song playing. If you can't come down, you can sing, and we'll be singing, those of us not on the, on the altar. But if you can, come down and pray over them. Encourage them today. Russell said that they needed us more than ever, and that's absolutely true. And one of the first steps we can take is to be beside them and say, I'm with you. I love you. And God has a plan, and he's going to do a good work in you. If we just stay faithful and consistent in following him. Pray that God uses our church and his people here to defy the statistics and to draw back to God's plan A in worship and discipleship and evangelism, missions, and fellowship. Pray today that God helps us in the life of the church to understand that we are, as the church, called to follow him faithfully and understand who we are in Jesus. So our students who have made decisions, if you can come down to the altar to pray. And while they're down here, we'll sing a song together called Living Hope, if you'll stand with us.
And as I said, if you feel led to come down to pray, come on down.
service this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us and the work you've even done in this hour amongst us, God, as we are compelled to take hold of our responsibility to be the church in this world and in this building and in our homes and in the lives of the people we interact with and fellowship, discipleship, evangelism and missions and worship. God, call us back to you and help us to respond faithfully. God, help us to scour your word, to understand your plan. God, help us to break through the things we think are right to understand what is. We thank you for your love for us today, God, for the forgiveness of our sin, for my sin. We thank you for your presence amongst us. And we pray as we go forward, God, that we leave this day changed. Amen. You're dismissed.